Today, uh, today is something that we do every year, but it's, it's a little bit of a different feel to it. Uh, we at K-First, we don't have members. We have what we call partners. And we made that change a couple years back. Um, I don't know about you. Some people, when they hear the term uh, membership or church membership, they have a little PTSD regarding bad memories and bad moments of, of church membership. And so, and that's legit. I've had lots of talks with people, people who refuse to be members of any church because of history and things, drama. Oh, I know, church never has drama, never, ever has drama. Uh, and I'll tell you, in my first couple of years, when we had our church business meetings, we had people from outside the church showing up because they, were wanted, they wanted to see drama. Dead serious. Who are you? Do you go to the church? No, but I heard there's a business meeting and there's always good church drama. I'm like, really? Nothing better to do on a Sunday evening. And uh, then they found out we just don't do drama. And so a handful of years ago, we went into something we call partnership. And we decided that, you know what, instead of it being treated like a country club, we are going to have a place where if you want to be part of the core, um, we want people that are partnering, involved. The Greek word is koinonia. And so we do what we call three partnership summits a year where we gather the partners and we do, we do it once a year um, in person in terms of on Sunday morning and the rest of them we do in person normally Sunday evenings, but we gather the core in order to do three things. We look back, we look within, and we look forward. And today's gonna to be a tad different because our first partnership summit, we would normally have all the staff up here to share all of the things that happened during 2020. <laughs> there's not a lot that happened in 2020, but there's a lot that God, I believe, can speak to us out of that as we're gonna continue our series while diving into our series and our partnership summit. If you have your Bibles, Ezra chapter four. Uh, Y'all found Ezra last week, so it should be no problem this week, Ezra chapter four. Would you just get over to that part of the scripture? Um, last week, we had such an amazing start to the series as we just broke down um, this amazing start of the transition from the people of God in the book of Ezra. They came out of bondage out of being in exile, out of Babylon, and they came to a brand new place. They came back to, for some, a place they remembered, but for many of them, if not most of the Israelites, they were born in captivity, so they came to a new place, which was the place they were meant to be at. It was Jerusalem. So Ezra chapter four, verse one, in a little bit, we're gonna read the message. So you can keep the message up there if you want because the message is, is a powerful, powerful translation here. But verse one in the ESV says, now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard the returned exiles were building a temple to the Lord, the God of Israel, they approached Zerubbabel, what a great name, and the heads of the father's houses and said to them, let us build with you for we worship your God as you do for we have been sacrificing to him ever since the days of Eskahedon, the king of Assyria who brought us here. You can hear the sarcasm dripping in those words because they don't worship God, but they wanted to get in and to infiltrate what was going on. Zerubbabel, verse three, he says, Jeshua and the rest of the heads of the father's houses in Israel said to them, you have nothing to do with us in the building of our house to our God, but we alone will build to the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia has commanded us. Then the people of the land, they discouraged the people of Judah, made them afraid to build, 
and bribed counselors against them to frustrate their purpose. All the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, until even the reign of King Darius of Persia and the reign of, of, of Hosserus, in the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation letter against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. We've got this insane moment where the people have come out of exile, they've come out of bondage, they've gotten to their chosen city, and all they want to do is build their church. And the people that lived on the outsides, they didn't want the Israelites back, nor did they want Israel to rebuild their temple. Why? Because they knew the history that when God was for his people, nothing was going to stop them. And in their minds, if we can infiltrate, if we can stop the people of God from building, from dedicating their lives, their future, their everything unto the Lord, the God, their God, if we can stop them, then there's no way they can come together. And look what they said, verse four. And the people of the land discouraged the people, made them afraid, and tried to frustrate their purpose. Look at the message paraphrase. These people started beating down the morale of the people of Judah, harassing them as they built. They even hired propagandists to sap their resolve. And they kept us up for about 15 years through the lifetime of King Cyrus, king of Persia, into the reign of Darius, king of Persia. These people were no holds barred about stopping the people of God. And we are believing that as discouraging, frustrating, and fear-filled of a year that we had of 2020, we believe that God can push K-first forward for his name and for his glory. Let's pray. Lord, this is your day, this is your moment. Help us, guide us, and lead us in such a way that when we walk away, we have to say what we saw accomplished was not done by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. So help us and guide us today. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been delayed ever? by something that was just out of your control. Some of you immediately, you're thinking about flights. Everyone had, anyone ever had a flight delayed that was completely convenient to your life? Hands go down. None of us. Or if you're running late for the plane, that's when you're praying for a delay. And how many of you know that's never when the flight's delayed? And I was reading an article about um, the passengers at a Houston airport. They were complaining about how long they were not getting delayed for their flights, but how long they were getting delayed until their baggage showed up in the baggage claim. So the airport executives hired more baggage handlers and cut the wait down to eight minutes. However, we're Americans, so the complaints did not stop. So the airport executives, they went for a different approach. Instead of trying to get the bags unloaded faster, they moved the baggage claim so it was a seven minute walk from the arrival gates. And the complaint stopped. Delayed. Have you ever been delayed? What we saw in Ezra chapter four, and it really spells it well in the, in the message paraphrase, is they are starting to build the temple. 
They get the foundations in. And we read last week, the foundations went up and all of a sudden it triggered in the minds of individual the brokenness over what they had lost. And for other people, it triggered celebration, what they had accomplished. But nevertheless, it was a new monumental moment for the people of God as they were ready to go forward. And then all of a sudden we get to chapter four. I don't know if a chapter four moment has ever happened to you where it seems like you've got a little bit of momentum going on in your life. And, all, and things seem to go in well. And all of a sudden, something takes place that takes everything that you are building, everything that we're, you are moving forward in, it takes it and puts it to a bit of a halt and delays the ending. Have you ever had something delayed? I've had a lot of things delayed. And this past year has felt a little bit like that, hasn't it? Things have gotten a bit delayed. But we're, this is something that we have to understand. Is the promise of scripture that Jesus himself gave was not this. You guys will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Not once did Jesus put the onus on us to build his church. Do you know where he put the onus? He put it on himself. And Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And even though this year feels like this moment of Ezra chapter four, where we have this moment where we've got this emotional response of discouragement, fear, and even frustration. I'm here to encourage us this morning that even though we see what we see in the past year, we have got a God that will build his church. And culture can't say anything about that. Government can't say anything about that. Do you know where the fastest growing church in the world is at right, right now, in this moment? It's not Portage. It's not that great metropolis of Canada. Sorry, I'm Canadian blood here. I've got to give Canada some props. It's in one of the hardest places to be a Christian in the entire world. It's in the country of China where the church is exploding. Why? Because the church, Jesus is the one that built his church. And so at partnership summits like this, we look, with, we look back, we look within, and we look forward. So I'm gonna ask Pastor Marty, because part of our partnership summit is to give a financial report. And so Pastor Marty has been our pastor on staff. He is celebrated last year, 20 years at K-First. He is, he can give him a hand clap. And I love the way that God has used them over the course of the past few years as he's come in not just to help us pastor, but to help us steward the resources that God has blessed our church with. Pastor Marty. Good morning. Grace and peace to all. You can say grace and peace back. It's good. Good morning. Um, super excited about what God is doing in our midst. And you go, what's he doing in our midst? We came through probably the roughest thing any of us have gone through since probably the Great Depression that's affected everybody's lives, everyone's, everything that they thought was normal. What do you do with that? What do we do with that as a church? We do one thing and one thing only. We trust in God's promises to us. Yeah. You know, the very same thing that you guys had to do all of 2020 going, God, I don't know what to do with this. I trust you. I know that you promised me that when I put my faith and trust in you, you come alongside me and you don't abandon me. You told me that if I can be faithful with a little, God, that you will provide the increase needed. So as an organization, 
exactly the same thing. In fact, one of the things that I'm most proud of that from Pastor Dave, from the get-go that I stepped into this, our hearts were one, that the organization of K-First should not be, look, anything different than what we as an individual would say and be, and not only for ourselves, but for you. So for all of you, we understand things got rough. Things got rough for us. What'd we do? We trusted God and we persevered. We cut back on things that we needed to cut back on and we expanded in the areas that we needed to do with our online presence. Are we perfect? No, but we are getting there. Praise God, we're closer and closer and closer. So all of last year through, I'd like to take credit, but I can't do it. (laughs) Through the faithfulness of God, we put in a plan that early on, I don't know, was it two years ago? I think we first talked about what would happen if some catastrophe came up? Could the church stay viable to our community in the world around us if we didn't have any income coming in? What would that look like? What do we need to do? And God impressed. He said, you got to put the plan in action, start putting some money aside and be prepared. So that's what we did. We started working on it. Through 2020, we were able to carry ministry at the highest level that we could, knowing that we couldn't get together. We were able to do that, and we had a great year right up till December. (laughs) And then the bottom dropped out. Were we nervous going into the first of the year, running in a, a deficit? No, because honestly, God had provided the storehouse for us. Now, where are we at today? We're doing okay. But just like the rest of you, just like all of us, are we where we want to be? No. But I promise you this, as we continue to be faithful to each other, faithful in the little, God's promise that he is faithful to us is there and we can count on it. So we're looking forward to great things coming up this year, Pastor Dave. Not sure what it looks like. And if any of you have any idea what this next year is going to be, please let me know. We're willing to work with each other on this. But thank you so much for the privilege of being here, being helped steward your generosity and putting it into action. And um, one thing that I do want to stretch just a little longer to say is through 2020, through all of this, not only did our missionaries not get cut back one cent, we were able to increase our giving to our missionaries. So thank you very much, Pastor Dave. Thank you, congregation. If you want to actually ever see any of the actual numbers, if you like that, you notice I didn't have any slides. If you'd like to see that, just contact me. For our partners and those guests in there, we have open books. I'm happy to take you through the numbers. They're kind of fun for me. And I can take you through and show you everything that you'd want to know with, well, mostly. Everything to know that you know we're doing everything on the up and up. So thank you very much, and that's kind of my report. With what we've dealt with over the past year, we could not have weathered the ministry storm without your faithfulness. Thank you for giving. Your little or your much all matters. Thank you for your giving. 
I'm glad that we get to bless missionaries. I'm glad that we get to encourage missionaries. I'm glad that we get to talk and bless ministers. It's because you give. So when you give, our goal is to take that and to use that to bless neighborhoods, communities, people, churches, missionaries, to lands that you may never step with your feet, but you have reached with your hands. Thank you for your giving. As much as this past year has been, I mean, it's a challenge. I think we can all say that what they experienced in Ezra chapter four is what we've all experienced and it has touched everybody. When we talk about discouragement, fear, frustration, these emotional attacks from being delayed into going into whatever that you thought you could go into, it's attacked everybody from singles to marrieds to engaged couples. We've, we had, I performed quite a few COVID weddings this past year with a few family members outside, masked, um, went through COVID funerals, went through moments of, of ministering to people on, in varieties of ways and in different tactics that I've ever had to do before. Children born that I can't visit in the hospital. This has been one of those challenging years. But again, it's touched every entity, businesses, your families, your children, schools, graduations, and yes, even church. As, we, as we're looking up some stats, it says that 92% of churchgoers say that because of COVID, they don't plan to go to church more often than they did before. 30, 30%, uh, 36% is the average in church attendance right now across the board for all churches. You're like, where are we at? We are hovering around 40%. Um, only 41% of Generation Z, that's my kid's generation, only 41% of Generation Z prefers physical gatherings after COVID. 48% of churchgoers say they haven't watched their church online in, in the past four weeks. For everybody online, I really appreciate you. 25% of our church attendees aren't sure if they're going to come back or if they'll ever at all darken a church door. 30% of people say they'd rather worship at home and return once masks aren't at all demanded. It's across the board, this is a challenge. And this time has been a challenging time for all of us. If you haven't felt the challenge, I don't know where you've been. We're all in that spot where it seems like momentum was going and then COVID hit. Do you remember last January? Remember what we announced? I was so pumped, I cried about it, which is if you go to this church, you understand I cry about everything. Uh, but I remember getting up in January and announcing that we were looking to go multi-site in the fall of 2021. We were launching brand new groups that we called them tables. We, were, we wanted to launch discipleship. We were so stoked coming out of our vision series and then all of a sudden March hit. And for, for me, it was the reset button was hit. For all you gamers in the room, is there nothing worse that when, I remember playing Nintendo back in the day and, the Ninten and I'm playing my game and my dad's trying to talk to me. He goes, I'll fix it. And he reaches down and he hits the reset button. Whatever progress you made was just gone. I remember being in my office and working. I used to do uh, a lot of video editing. I'd be working my video editing and all of a sudden my computer went out. And it wouldn't be the first time it went out, but I knew exactly what it was. And I looked down and between my legs underneath my chair, there is a little hand of a little boy who crawled underneath my chair and saw the little light on my tower and decided to hold down that button to reset the computer. Have you ever had a reset button hit? To me, that's 2020. 
the reset button completely hits and we find ourselves in a place where we may feel like, well, everything just stopped, but this, there's a difference right now that I want you to have between the word stopped and the word delayed, that I'm not ready to confess that we have stopped things, that we have stopped being the church, that the kingdom of God has stopped, that ministry has stopped, because I'll just tell you, the kingdom of God and ministry has not stopped, but there are some things that have gotten delayed. And a delay is not a stop. But know this, that when God works in our lives, God doesn't work in our lives when we pass a finish line. It is not at the finish line and the victorious moment that God works the most in our life. Do you know when he works? It's after the starting gun has, has, has gone off between that and the finish line. It's in the middle, it's in that work point, it's in what I call the delay. This is where Israel finds themselves, is in a delay. They showed up to build, and all of a sudden, these, these words started going out. Letters were being written. Read it in Ezra chapter four and five. Letters are being written to surrounding kingdoms about them. Word is being spread. Gossip is being spread. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in this emotional attack. And look at the layers in Ezra four. Look at the layers. Discouragement, fear, frustration, 2020. Into 2021, discouragement, fear, frustration. Go on Facebook, discouragement, fear, frustration. Political climate, fear, frustration, frustration, frustration. I added a little bit more in there. Discouragement. And for Israel, this went on for 15 years. Delayed for 15 years. I'm not saying that this is gonna last for 15 years. But some of us, we look at stops and we think that maybe God is done or God has forgotten about us or that God has forsaken us. But a delay and a stop are two different things. And what I looked at in 2020 is I looked at, we came to a place of delay, but I don't look at the place where the church is going to stop. I still have dreams and I still have visions. I still have plans. I believe God still has purposes. And I believe we have only just begun. In two years, this church is gonna celebrate its 90th birthday. And I'm here to tell you, we have only just begun. Because when the voices tell you that you can't, I do want you to remember this, with Christ, you can. I need you to write that down. I need you to write that on the inside of your Bible. I need you to tattoo that onto the inside of your forearm, not that I'm for tattoos. Um, when the voices tell you you can't, this is Ezra 5. When the voices say that you can't, when the voice say, voices want to drive fear in your life, they want to discourage your heart, when they want to frustrate your plans, I want you to understand when the voices say that you can't, I want you to remember, with Christ you can. Because if, if Christ has breathed the vision and he has empowered the vision, he will carry that vision all the way through. It may not happen in your timing, but let's be real. When has God worked on our timing? When has God worked on our timing? Because his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so what we do is we don't follow our own inclinations and we don't follow our own responses because our emotional response is discouragement, fear and frustration. We get mad, we get discouraged, we get afraid. What's gonna happen? Where is this thing gonna go? Are we gonna be online forever? Do we always have to wear masks? Do we always, do we always, do we always? But I'm here to say that when the voices are whispering in your ear and they'll say, you can't do that. You can't go to that church any longer. You can't 
serve God any longer. You can't trust God. You can't tithe. You can't serve. You can't give. I need you to stop being a, a, just a victim in the ears of the abuse, uh, to the abuse of the enemy. Stop being victimized and turn around and stand strong and say, but in Christ, I can, I can. When I look at this, I look at what's in front of us, I look with hope, why? Because Christ is with us, we can. And I know, I know it feels like a stalemate. Do you know what a stalemate is? If you ever play chess, it's a place where nobody's going to win. And I've learned this, this, that the enemy many times, if he can't stop the church, he'll just simply try to stall us. Because if he can stall the church, perhaps that fear, perhaps that frustration, perhaps that discouragement will set in enough that they'll just fade away. But we are not like those who fade away. But I love the emotion, I love the response of the people. That even though the emotions were being attacked, discouragement, fear, frustration, I love their mode. Ezra chapter four, what I love about this is they didn't want to go back to normal. Do you know what normal was for Ezra chapter four? Normal was bondage. Normal was going back to Babylon. At least they learned from their forefathers. Do you remember when the children of Israel came out of bondage in Egypt and they came out into the promised land? Remember what they kept saying? Let's just go back. These peeps learned. They're like, we can't go back to what normal was but we've got to discover what God has in store. That they knew what was familiar, but some of us, want, we want to go back to that familiar thing because I say it so often, that times it is so scary to go into what is unfamiliar, and so times it seems like better to go to a known slavery than unfamiliar freedoms. There are times that we flock toward familiar slavery, familiar bondage, instead of the unfamiliar freedoms that lie ahead of us. But when you're facing discouragement, fear, and frustration, I wanna give you just, I wanna give you a little bit of a step forward into coming out of that. If your emotions, if that's what you're dealing with right now, if you're going through incidents of, the, of the discouragement, fear, and frustration, I wanna help you out this morning. Would you simply write down two things? Number one, replay what you should remember. Replay what you should remember. Because sometimes the progress we want is less about learning and it's more about what you're remembering. God wants to change the script you're working from. Get that down deep in your soul. Some of us, we just wanna learn new things and I'm not against learning new things. But there are times that for us to move forward, it's not about learning new things. Sometimes we have to remember what God is doing and what God wants to change, what God wants to work. Sometimes remembering is the best thing for you. Listen, I've grown up in the church. I've heard all of the stories. I've read the Bible backwards and forwards. Okay, that's a lie, never backwards, that's weird. Uh, but I've read the Bible. I've got my degree in this for thing for Pete's sake. I read it daily, I soak in it daily. And I'm telling you this, that I will learn new things, but many times the things that God wants to work in my life is to take me back to remind me what he has done so that I have faith to look forward in. Sometimes we need to replay what we should remember. When Israel, when they built altars in the Old Testament, do you want to know why they would build altars after victories, after accomplishments? It was to look back and remember so that if people forgot what God was doing, they would see an altar and remember. Moses put items in the Ark of the Covenant 
the representation of the presence of God. He put articles, uh, items in there, things like manna. He put um, the Ten Commandments. He put the, the Aaron staff that buttered. We'll teach on that someday. He put those in there. Why? To remind the people of God of the faithfulness of God. What did we read of Sebastian today? The words of Deuteronomy that says, listen, when you're with your kids, talk with them about the things of God. Tell them your story. Remind them of God's faithfulness. Why? To help remember. When we take communion, do you know why we take communion? It's for us to remember. Because when you're tempted to quit, you have to remember why you started. When you're tempted to throw in your faith, you gotta remember why you started. When you're ready to cash it all in, remember about the grace that saved you. When you're ready to quit on Jesus, remember that Jesus never quit on you. Look back and remember all the things that Jesus did. Remember his faithfulness. Remember the way he healed blind eyes, the way he made the lame walk, the way he opened up ears that couldn't hear, the way he raised people from the dead because the same Jesus that did it then could still do that now. So when you're tempted to quit and lose your faith, remember why you started in the first place. I love Paul's words to Timothy. Paul talking to Timothy. It's, oh, it's just powerful. Y'all need to read First and Second Timothy. It's powerful. And I'm going to read out of the KJV. This is going to make some of you very happy, you KJV people. It says this, wherefore, we could have used that a little bit more. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God that is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Now, if you have your KJV Bible with you, would you underline the words, put thee into remembrance? Now, the reason why Paul was challenging Timothy to remember things and to put things into remembrance is because of Nero and the pressure that he was living underneath. So because of governmental pressure and not only governmental pressure, there was church pressure that was going on. There was fractures happening in the church. There was fights that were stirring up, disagreements about who's supposed to be speaking. There's all sorts of pressure that Paul, uh, that Timothy is going through, this young, young pastor. And to be honest, if you really study, his age was around 40 to 45, which I love that he's called the young pastor. That's tremendous. But he says this, put into remembrance. It is a compound Greek word. I'm gonna to try to say it correctly. Ana memesco. The word ana means to repeat. Memesco means to remind it of something like memories. But the word ana as a prefix means to continue to replay. Ever had a vinyl record that got a scratch that kept playing the same thing over and over and over again? What Paul is telling Timothy is this, is listen, you need to look back at the right memories and don't just think about them, keep replaying it over and over. Because what's the result? It's gonna stir up the gift of God within you. There is a lot that has happened in the past year that wants to remove the gift of God, get you to stop using the gifts of God, to get you to just disconnect from everything else and everybody else, to pull back from the kingdom of God and just to kind of coast a little bit. But I'm here to challenge you. Would you do what Paul told Timothy? Look back and remember. Put into remembrance. Begin to replay what God has always done and what he is continuing to, to do. Begin to get that stuff replaying because what that does, it will start 
stir up the gifts in you because those are memories we should never forget. Remember about the day you gave your heart to Jesus. Remember the miracles that have happened in your life. Remember the things that, have, that you've seen God work throughout your life. Look back and remember when you see songs up on the screen, do more than read and sing the songs. Think about who wrote them and why they wrote them. As they sing about the faithfulness of God, keep playing them over and over and over again because there are some times that what we need in this world is not just to learn a little bit more, it's simply to go back and remember and let that stir up the gifts inside of us. You wanna help the fear and the frustration and the discouragement. Some of us just simply need to remember the God who has always been with us from even the beginning of time. Replay it until you don't forget. Never forget how God has healed you. Never forget how God has delivered you. Never forget what God has saved you from. Never forget that God has guided and directed you. Never forget that he has brought you through trials. Never forget that he has provided you during financial times. Never forget that God has protected you from the snare of the enemy. Never forget it because if you can begin to remember, you're gonna to begin to see things stirred up in you that you never saw happening before. Man, you remember and you get stirred. You remember and you get stirred. What is it that brings us on the other side of this junk? It's us remembering and God stirring something up out of this. Secondly, replay what you should remember. Number two, stick to the word of the Lord. Stick to the word of the Lord. Now, what I should have done on our screens is actually put two words well, two words, like W-O-R-D. One as a capital W, one as a small uh, W. Why? Because there's a massive difference. Why? The capital W is what John talks about in John chapter one. John chapter one, uh, uh, verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Who's the capital W word? His name is Jesus. Jesus is the word that we get and is the word that we stick to. So we have the word, but God also not just gives us the word. There are times that God gives us a word. He gives us a word for the moment. He gives us a word in the rough times. Have you ever been in a moment, have you ever been going through a trial, going through a storm of life, and all of a sudden somebody walked up to you and said, I feel like I need to just give you a word. And sometimes it's a statement. Sometimes it's a paragraph. Sometimes it's one singular word that met you in that moment. Or when you're praying and all of a sudden you find yourself writing down a simple word and you don't know why you're writing that thing down, but you're writing it down and you begin to see God work because God speaks to us in our moments because he wants to let us know that he is with us and he's going to lead us through it all. And look at Ezra chapter five. This is so cool. Ezra chapter five, verse one. Again, the people are in a delay. The people are frustrated. This is their 2020. Verse one, in chapter five, now the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Idu, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. Right there, in the middle of their moment, God speaks. And the question is, what did God speak? I'm glad you asked me that question. In the book of Haggai, chapter two, verses three through four, Haggai begins to address the people during the delay. He says, who is left among you who saw the house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it, is it not has nothing in your eyes? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all of you people of the land, declares the Lord. 
work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. I don't know if you have ever been frustrated, if you've ever been fearful, if you've ever been, feel like just completely discouraged and delayed, and you just needed a word. This is the type of word that would have got my butt off the bench onto the field. It's that reminder, keep working, don't stop because God is with you. Zechariah, that was the other prophet mentioned in, in 5 verse 1. Zechariah gets up. Zechariah verse, uh, chapter 4 verse 10. He says this. He says, For whoever despised the day of small beginning shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line of the hand of, the, of Zerubbabel. These seven years are the eyes of the Lord which range throughout the earth. Look at those words. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Verse 6 through 9. He says, This is the word of the Lord. It is not by might nor by power, but by what? My spirit says the Lord's. Look at this. Look at these words that are coming in the middle of the delay. When you are going through a discouraging moment, if you're in an emotional place of fear and frustration, if you are looking with hopelessness, I want you to lift up your eyes because you need to stick to the word, the big W word, which is Jesus. And I believe that by the spirit of God, he will give you a word this morning to encourage you, to strengthen you, to help you through these moments. In 2019, I promise, 2019, January, um, December, going into January, God gave me a word that, and I didn't know what it meant in the moment. And the word was, I was in prayer and I wrote down these words in my journal and I felt like the spirit of God said this to me. I will reclaim the year the locust devours. And I'm, I'm like, that's the most depressing thing I think I've written down in a while. I'm like, what? What got devoured? So I began to kind of go internal. God, are you going to redeem a year that I had years ago? Two years ago? Ten years ago? And I just, I kept wondering, what, what are you talking about? I had no clue what was coming in three months. But you know what I have stuck to? Is I've stuck to the word of the Lord. Because the word wasn't, guess what's going to happen? Something's going to get devoured. You know what i got to stick to? He will redeem the year. He will bring us back through. He will take us on the other side. And I know, and this is where I'm selfish, Lord. Lord, I know what I wanted to do in 2021, but you know what? It's not my ways, it's gonna be your ways. It's not my thoughts, it's gonna be your thoughts. And it's, guess what? And if it's gonna be done, you're the one that's gotta redeem it. And so when I got to this year, the Lord gave me a new word and the new word is wineskins. What does that mean? But back in the day, for them to have something new developed, a new wine poured out, a new wine fermented, what they did was they had to sew together something brand new. Because if they took an old wineskin and put new wine in, it would burst and everything would be ruined, but they had to sew together and bring things together so that when something new was poured out, it could contain everything that was poured out. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the year of the wineskin for K-First. We are gonna to stick to the big W and believe that the, he's gonna give little Ws. Words, encouragement, strength. Because emotionally right now, it is a day of incident where discouragement wants to darken our door. Fear wants to infiltrate our hearts. Frustration wants to consume our mind. But we are not like those who are just gonna put up with that type of crap. We know whom we serve. We know who we trust. And the God that brought us safe this far will safely lead us home. 
We believe that and we trust that. And we believe that God is gonna give us that Haggai, that Zechariah moment where it says, listen, you may have small beginnings. Don't worry about small beginnings. That you may have might and strength, but don't worry. You don't need that. You need the spirit of God. Keep working, keep going. We are gonna stick to what God has said. We are gonna be his people because he's brought us here. He will be with us. We're not alone. God will fight on our behalf. Okay, first, we are a church that will move forward. The 90 years that we are stepping into, man, I can't believe we're gonna be 90 years old. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Before my grandmother passed away, she would talk about the, the end of her days. You know, these are the end of my days, Dave. These are the end of my days. But she, Listen, when we serve Jesus, even the end of our days are not the end of our days. And at 90, we're young. And we're just getting going. We are gonna be who we are. We are gonna be people that believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and we're gonna proclaim Jesus. We're gonna be people of the scriptures. We're gonna teach them. We're gonna preach them. We're gonna, we're gonna prophesy about them. We're gonna be a people of the spirit of God where we wanna invite the work of the spirit and let his gifts and his life flow through our life. We wanna see the fruit of the spirit exploding out of our lives everywhere that we go. We wanna be a people that proclaim freedom for the captives, liberty for those in bondage, freedom for those that are enslaved to their sin. We wanna proclaim that this is the year of Jubilee and the year of freedom. We wanna be, be a people that, that rally people to the freedom that could be only found in Jesus. We're going to fill the baptismal tank and dunk people in and out, and we're going to watch people walk in the salvation of God. We're going to proclaim uh, liberty for everybody that needs freedom for their addictions in their life. This has only just begun because the word is with us, and he's going to lead us forward. I love the words of the lyrics of the song Nature that Pastor Abby leads us in. It says this, there is no desert that your streams can't run to. There are no ruins that your love won't make new. Doesn't this past year feel like it has left us in ruins? But I prophesied that there's no ruin that your love won't make new. So you tell the wasteland, it will bloom again because it's your nature. 2021, I prophesy will not be a wasteland. We're not gonna repeat the discouragement, the fear and the frustration that has wanted to just consume us. We prophesy, let there be life. We still have a plan. Pastor, are you still planning on multi-site? I'm planning on, when's it gonna happen, Pastor? We don't know yet. We're in a delay, but this is where God works the delay. Someone asked me the other day, are you guys still focusing on Papa? I said, absolutely, I'm still focusing on Papa, but actually I'm looking beyond that right now because I'm believing God's gonna give us more sites. Shouldn't you work on the first one first? Actually, I'm working on this site first and then God will add the rest later. Why? Because people need Jesus. People need Jesus. This is our mode, op, modus operandi, our MO. We're gonna go after people and give them the gospel. And it's time to shift forward. Bow your heads with me, I'm done yakking. Jesus, I thank you for the day of celebrating your grace and your mercy. And Lord, we can look back at 2020 and say, there's not much to report at a partnership summit, but Lord, there's just so much to report just simply in the faithfulness of God. You have been faithful. 
you've always been faithful. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now, Lord, for anybody in this place that is going through that emotional turmoil that the Israelites were facing in that moment of delay, Lord, I pray for anybody right now that is going through some discouragement in their heart about health, finances, job, marriage situations, wayward children, whatever they're facing, God, pray, I pray that you would meet them in that place of discouragement. For those maybe living in fear, paralyzed by what could happen or what had happened or could have happened. For those in frustration and bitterness just wants to consume their heart. God, this seems like a day has not passed without incident of any one of those three. But Lord, today we recognize that we, are, we get developed in the delay. We get, we get developed in our faith in the delay, God. It's in the valley moments, God, is when our faith can be made strong. And today I pray right now that you would put into remembrance the things that we ought to remember, God. Instead of remembering fracture, we're gonna remember the one that heals the fracture. Instead of feeling lost, we're gonna discover the one that goes after us when we're lost. Instead of simply remembering pain, we're gonna remember the one that heals every single disease. Instead of remembering hopelessness, God, Lord, we look to the one that has all the hope in his hands and we fix our eyes upon you. So Spirit of God, I ask that you would just help us, guide us in this moment Lord, for every person that just feels like they're stuck in a delay moment, they're stuck in an Ezra chapter four moment, God, I pray that they would have that moment of Ezra five and six, where all of a sudden they began to just sit in the promise of God and realize if God is for us, what could ever stop us? Build what you wanna build in this place. We are your temple. Build our lives for your honor build our lives for your glory because you're yours and you are ours. Bless these people. Bless our church. Lead us through this year like never before. Lord, I pray at our first partnership summit next year, God, that the stories will be the fruit of a new wineskin, a new church brought back together, things sewn together for a new outpouring of your presence, God. Let those be the stories we tell next year. I speak that in Jesus' name and everyone said.